You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash church planting. Hello and welcome to the Mission Field USA podcast of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I'm the Reverend Dr. Mark Larson. I'm manager of church planting for the Synod. And joining me today is Reverend Dr. John Feeney. And he is going to be presenting on the topic today, Succession After the Founding Pastor of a Church Plant. And I'm really excited about this because John is an expert in this area. At least he has had experience on two different occasions of planting churches and then after a time leaving for another field to which the Lord was calling him. So, Pastor Feeney was the church planter at Grace Lutheran Church in Sandy City, Utah. Then after that, he planted a church in Zionsville, Indiana, named Advent Lutheran Church. And so both those congregations, uh, subsequent to their founding, also initiated uh, successful new mission congregations also. And uh, Pastor Feeney also now serves as the pastor of University Lutheran Chapel at the University of Colorado in Boulder. He's also served as a vice president of the Indiana District and a member of the board of directors of the Rocky Mountain District. And he's also taught on the subject of mission planting as an adjunct professor for Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So welcome today, John. I'm very glad to have you with us. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, I'm, like I said, I, I know that you're going to have a lot to share on this topic, and certainly it's going to apply uniquely to church plants, but I'm sure a lot of people will find some applications that would be applicable also to just kind of the succession of pastors in general. But to start off with, what is different about the mission planter's departure as compared to an established congregation? Well, I think, first of all, that the relationships that a pastor has when he's a mission planter with the people of his congregation kind of model the father and uh, child kind of relationship. These are your children. They're people that you've brought into the church. Your relationship with them is much more structured around uh, a kind of a parental kind of relationship. And the the established congregation, which I, I've gone to, I've been in two established congregations, and the old saying goes that uh, when you come in, the older people regard you as their son. Those who are similar in age see you as a brother or a sister, and those who are, of course, younger than you are can see you possibly as a father figure. And so when, when you find yourself leaving uh, in a congregation that has been uh, mission-planted, there's almost more anxiety, I think, over the fact that you're leaving your children and the whole congregation is, is, are your children. And in the other, in the, in a more established congregation, I think you're just kind of leaving an entire family of a broader group of people. Very good. Tell me a little bit more about that anxiety that would uh, kind of seem to make sense. Well, yeah, the, the anxiety is that you are leaving vulnerable children. Anytime that you start a congregation, there's, there's something about the people that are there. They've never done it before. It, they have not, this is not an established congregation. And so therefore you kind of, well, what is Jesus? You know, he's leaving his disciples and, and they're feeling anxious about his departure. And then he, of course, comforts them by saying he's going to send the Holy Spirit. But yes, the, you know, there's anxiety both in you and also uh, in your parish over your leaving. Sure. 
Right. Is there anxiety about survival? About the congregation's survival? Yes. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not yours. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there have been times in which I've worried about that too. But, but yes, of course, uh, you want the congregation to survive. The, the longer that you've been there, probably the more confident that you are in their survival. I was, my first mission congregation, I was there for seven years. And I was, I was certain that they were going to survive because they were mature. They had a building. They were, they were, it was very well structured. The, the congregation, the last congregation that I was at in Zionsville, Advent Lutheran Church, I was there for about 25 years. And so consequently, I wasn't too worried about whether or not they would survive. Um, right. You're always worried about their direction, who's going to come, who the next pastor is going to be, how he's going to treat them whether or not they're going to receive him. There, there are a lot of complexities there. But if it were, I think it, it, I would have felt probably more anxious in my first congregation after seven years than I would after 25. Sure, sure. Now, have you had any observations about pastors leaving with, with a shorter tenure? Yeah, I think the what we call the succession plan is affected by the length of the pastor's stay. It's, I think if you've had a long pastorate, 25 years, it's harder for that succeeding pastor to be accepted by the congregation or the unique features of his ministry being accepted because they're used to, they're used to you and they're used to the way that you, that you've done something. Um, if, if you've, if you've left after a, a couple of years, I think that you know you're you're exhausted. You're maybe even ready to leave. Uh, a lot of pastors, when they hit around six or seven years, they, they feel as though there's a kind of that itch to move on to something else. And yeah. and I think that 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 changes things a little bit. I think the next pastor coming in makes it makes it a little bit easier. Right. Right. Okay. But perhaps not the more stressful in the congregation if they're worried about their future, perhaps, if they haven't had enough time to pursue, I would imagine. Yeah, it depends on how far they've they've gone. If they yeah. if they're a congregation with limited resources, especially today, not knowing whether or not you can get a pastor, the housing expenses like out here in Boulder, it's just impossible yeah. in the day even the whole Denver area, it's almost impossible for a new young pastor to come in and to afford to be able to have a house. And if you've got a mission congregation, sometimes the congregation is worried that they're not going to be able to afford to pay for a new pastor. Right, right, right. Now, you mentioned succession plan. Was that an intentional plan or or how did that work? Well, there, there are all these things that go into succession and you're trying on the one hand, you're trying to be able to, to prepare a congregation for the calling of a new pastor. You're, one of the things that you're trying to do is get them to understand that every pastor has his own DNA, his own way of approaching things, his own way of doing things. And it's sometimes very difficult for people to be able to accept those different things. And so a pastor has to really kind of speak to his people about it. I don't know that it always sticks, but you have to, you know, you want to alert the congregation to the, what the call process is and even to the freedoms that they have as a congregation in the calling process. Sometimes that's not evident or apparent to them because of the fact that they really put themselves pretty much at the mercy of the circuit visitor or the district president. Mm -hmm. And you want, you want to help them 
understand the importance of the criteria that they set up in evaluating whatever pastor that they might be able to call. But then you have to back off and you have to try not to interfere with the congregation as it goes forward and makes that selection. And that's that sometimes is hard to do because people are they're looking at you for advice and guidance and you're trying not to become the one who is directing them. You want the Holy Spirit to do that in, in a different way. Correct, correct, absolutely. So so you kind of you you've mentioned the role that a a founding pastor should play in terms of the the upcoming call process are there other things that the founding pastor should do a role he should play in looking forward well i i think there's always it's there there always needs to be it's not always so much in the pastor's control there needs to be sometimes i guess a way of saying goodbye and and that's that's not always easy it's helpful when the congregation plans events when they plan, you know, dinners or meals or events that kind of signal that you are going to be leaving as a pastor rather than, than silence, rather than resentment. So sometimes that can happen mm-hmm. as well, but you want to kind of turn it into a joyful thing. And especially if you're retiring, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing of all. We, I was very blessed to be able to have a, a congregation that chose the 2017 Reformation Festival as my opportunity to have a quote, a dinner marking my ministry. And so we, by combining wow. both the Reformation and also my so-called, I won't call it a farewell dinner, but it was kind of the end of ministry dinner. It was a great thing for both them and also for me. And it was kind of providing closure. Yeah, so. I think that's the word for Absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So no doubt events like that and the process of uh, leaving a congregation is emotional. So, and there's a lot of attachments. So uh, how should the the pastor who is uh, leaving the, the church plant handle those? Well, you know, a pastor Carefully, would have yeah. to say that, that sometimes there are people who you don't love very much. And he should make sure, of course, that he is not leaving because of them and that's that is not a good way to leave and sometimes it's very good to be able to kind of find moments and times where there can be some reconciliation or at least some mutual exchange of respect and um Mm -hmm. and so but the, the the difficulty is when there are some people that are so beloved and they're so near and dear that you don't want to be making your decision about either leaving or f- taking another call. You don't want to decline those things simply because of your your fond attachments. Pastor needs to be able to be very cautious uh, because of these emotional uh, attachments that especially as he steps out or goes uh, into retirement or even goes to another congregation, that when these people call him uh, because of their their attachments and they want to ask questions or they have issues in the congregation, you have to redirect them and send them back to the, to the, to the present pastor or the leadership of the congregation. You got to express your care for them and you got to make sure that they understand that you, you still love them, but you also have to have a distance and that distance is sometimes hard for a pastor to, to have. You want to, be able to say, this is, you've got to bring this up with your pastor. You've got to bring this up with your own people if you feel this is a, a matter of concern. Right. 
right? And a practice that I tried to adopt is, you know, once your pastor leaves, then you'll have people contact you to do weddings and baptisms and those sorts of things, you know, after you're gone. And I always felt like it was my responsibility as the pastor who had left to, in a sense, say no and not say, well, I'll ask the pastor that's there now. And then if I get a no from him, you know, that, that makes him the bad guy that I always kind of felt it was my responsibility to assist in that transition to make sure that people are, are you know, willing to to move on, even though, like you say, I mean, these could be very, very dear friends. But nonetheless, you know, it, you know, you got to hold up the new person, the new shepherd that's there to be sure. So now. What if the uh, pastor is retiring? Should he should he go to another uh, community, a different congregation? Yeah, that this is one of the sometimes one of the hardest things of all for pastors because if nothing else, sometimes you have family members that are even members of your congregation, and yeah. and to leave would mean that you would no longer be able to worship with your your own family. But I think I think the general rule is that if a pastor can go to another congregation that's, you know, maybe not too far away, so he doesn't have to drive a great distance, that sometimes that's easier and, and maybe it's necessary in the first few years. I was in a little different situation in that I was in the process of trying to be able to figure out where I might end up leaving and going. Right now, we have, of course, sold our house in Zionsville, but we spent, I spent three years in retirement prior to coming here to the University of Colorado. This was mainly just an assignment necessary to try to keep the congregation alive here because it had been hurt so badly by, by the COVID restrictions and the shutdown of the university and the vacancy. But right now we're probably, we're still in transition and we're more than likely going to be moving out to Cal Colorado. But I spent three years, but I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of visiting of other congregations. I tried to be able to stay out of the business of the, of the church. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that one of the major factors with, with, with us was that the incoming pastor has to be a person who's very secure and content within himself. He doesn't find himself feeling jealous if he sees affection and love from the congregation mm -hmm. towards the old pastor. And I was, uh, we were very, very fortunate. Pastor Marcus McKay, who accepted the call to my congregation in Zionsville, just a real solid guy, very secure in himself and always very willing to engage, but at the same time appreciated the fact that I, I stood at a distance as, as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think a, a lot of it could depend upon the pastor, could depend upon the personality of the pastor, but above all, I think ultimately there should be a way to detach himself so that the church doesn't feel as though they, that the old pastor is having any influence on what's happening mm -hmm. in the congregation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what would it look, what does it look like to uh, let go from that congregate from your, from the congregation? You know, for, for pastors, it's a very humbling thing. Moving to the back of the church when you've always been in the front of the church, you know, not being the center of attention, and and what that requires is some humility. And I, yeah. I have to say, it, it it's hard to swallow that because, boy, when you've spent you know forty years kind of standing up in front and being the guy who led and directed it and so on and so forth, it it take you got to you you do have to move to the back. But I think letting go means that you actually praise and encourage the new pastor. 
to the people of the congregation and try to be able to do so with, you know, honesty and integrity, but, but that, that you're supporting this new pastor. And I think it's important for the people, but I think sometimes too, uh, one of the ways that you let go, you let go in one place and grab on someplace else. I, I, I like the idea of being able to do part-time assignments, of doing supportive ministry. I was asked to go to the Grand Cayman Islands for four months and try to be able to help with the mission congregation down there in the Grand Canyons. <laughs> this is a great way to let go. <laughs> I recommend it yeah. for every pastor. There, uh, How many churches did you plant in the Caymans while you were there? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't we didn't do any planting, but it was a uh, hundred and forty six countries of the world are on the Grand Cayman Island, and it's wow. a great mission field. But but it, at least you know we can plug in, and when you can plug in some place, when you can do something that continues to give you both freedom and also a sense of purpose. That's a, a good way to let go from where you have been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sounds very good. So now, how does the uh, pastor who is leaving handle the transition in view of his family? Yeah, the I think, you know, you always think about your kids, especially if they were in the church. I have to say that there have been times in which Former pastors' daughters were always a little difficult to deal with. They thought their father w walked on water, and I'm sure that he did. But sometimes they have the hardest time being able to accept a new pastor. And that's that's a kind of a spiritual issue because you want them to be able to be fed by somebody that they regard as being an authority in their life. And dad is dad has to be, you have to go past dad and on to somebody else. I think probably the people who have the most interesting transition or maybe something to be paid attention to is wives. You know, pastors' wives probably are the greatest, will be the greatest saints in heaven because they so often find themselves in a very secondary and sometimes insignificant role. It's very hard for them to have an identity. And all of a sudden, here's retirement, and now... She gets a chance to sit with you. She gets a chance to be able to have you there with her in the worship life that she's known all these years. And and it's a little difficult, maybe on my part, the difficulty of going back into ministry has also been that my wife had to give up the freedoms that she had known for three years with me. Right. And, and I want that, that's, that's a person to pay a lot of attention to. And, and then, of course, one of the great things, it's not always so easy, but one of the great things that a, a pastor does is he now becomes a dad again in a unique way, but also a grandpa. And being a grandpa is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And that makes the transition a whole lot easier. Grandparenthood has been highly recommended by almost anyone I've spoken with. So uh, <laughs> you join a long line of people who uh, cherish their grandchildren. So <laughs> very good. Very good. So, so is it appropriate? Can a mission planter stay in touch with former members? Yeah, that's what I would call the yes and the no question. Yes, the, the, there's always going to be a bond there. I just got done preaching for the 40th anniversary of the congregation that I started in Salt Lake City. And it was mm -hmm. just really wonderful to be able to see these. There aren't many left, you know, of course, it's it, everything transitions, but it was wonderful to be able to see them and kind of, you know, there many, a number of them are on Facebook friends, you know, so we can kind of right. stay in touch with 
the transitions in their life. Sometimes refusing to communicate with people can be traumatic, both to them and to mm -hmm. us. And so there has to be a way that one can do this without kind of going back into that role of being a, a pastor once again. But I think the other side of that question is, no, you really can't stay in touch because th there, there aren't a whole lot of reasons for a person to stay in touch, especially if you move away, you know? So it, you know, why would you want to keep going back to that town and hanging out with those people? But I think the second thing is, is that it's important that the new pastor is not compared to the old pastor. And when you stay in touch, I think you kind of keep that alive. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear if people are criticizing the pastor, I think it's bad to stay in touch. I think mm -hmm. sometimes if it, but you, if the people are unfairly judging their pastor, I think you, you have maybe an obligation to continue to stay in touch long enough to be able to convince them that they're being unfair. But, but I, I, I think uh, it's best for the mission pastor, once he hears about the success of a congregation, to reinforce it with those former members. Mm -hmm. And if that can't be done, then I think that he should not be, or he should at least be quiet and let the person who follows him deal with the parishioners himself. Right, right. It's not really your responsibility to make things work anymore. No, no. even if they're not. Right, exactly. And that's, yeah, yeah. That's where that's where you gotta you gotta uh, put the reins on the horse and reel them in and say, no, this yeah. is not your job. In fact, actually, any time that you comment in any negative way will actually impede or hurt the ministry of the person who followed you, and you don't want that at all. Right, right, right. I heard my district president recently say that uh, he kind of likens this to um, a, a dad raises his daughter and the most important man in that daughter's life is, his, is her father until she meets the man she's going to marry. And then somehow the dad has to let go <laughs> and let that husband become the most important person in the life of his daughter. And maybe there's a kind of a connection there or an analogy. That's how it is with pastors in general, but also in particular founding pastors, because you've given birth and raised that uh, child and now you have to hand it off to another man. Yes. And the, and the analogy could even be extended to the fact that the, the mother who is giving up her son to marriage is like a congregation that is giving um, up a giving to a pastor a a new role and mm -hmm. and a mother has to be able to accept her son-in-law and that sometimes can be a very uh -oh. difficult thing too so tricky yeah relationships <laughs> relationships change yes yeah absolutely absolutely well very good i I think this has been so helpful, uh, Dr. Feeney. I really appreciate your sharing this uh, wisdom with us. And it certainly is wisdom that you have gained through experience, some very direct experience in planting two congregations and then subsequently taking leave from them, at, first from accepting another call and then into retirement. But I think your wisdom is well-suited and also has stood the test of time that this is kind of the general wisdom of the church through the years that 
yeah, yeah, we have to let that new pastor succeed and take root, build relationships, and then uh, in the end, hold them up for the sake of the gospel, you know, so that the good news of Jesus is going to continue to be proclaimed because none of us are going to live forever. And uh, so we always need to be looking for the new, the next person that's going to uh, take the reins and shepherd the flock and uh, uh, reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ. So uh, any other uh, comments uh, before we uh, take our leave today? Well, not so much just the fact that every time that a pastor uh, walks away from this sweet little daughter congregation that he has, and he just be careful because um, that transition is probably one of the most dramatic. And I think probably for our own mental health, it's very important that we figure out a plan and make sure that We've taken into consideration all the needs of the, everybody who's around us and then also yeah. ourselves, because as I say, you know, when, when the, when the horse has been plowing the field for all those years, it's very difficult to go into the barn and just stay there. Right, right. Right. And uh, some people would say that so much of our identity gets wrapped up in what we do, especially for men, yeah. that you know, we have, we have a new identity in a sense. We're still Christians, sons of God, but, uh. Yeah, it's a little bit different, that's for sure. Well, that's I was just going to say, that's a piece of wisdom, though, is to, is to try to be able to also find hobbies or things that are of interest to you before you retire, so that it's something yeah. you can continue afterwards. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate your sharing with us today. And I want to also thank our listeners for joining us. And don't forget to join us for the next installment of our Mission Field USA podcasts. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org slash church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.